Hallelujah. And so sometimes uh, they, people just have a prompting. That I, they have a longing or a desire. Maybe you know of somebody. Give them information about it. Or you can get information. I guess they have it back at the book table probably. There's some information on it. You can go to the website at deframeministries.org and you can get that. We also have uh, a few items back there for you to get hold of. If you don't have this, my goodness, you need it. Answer it. Answer it. When you know how to answer things, the devil's done pushing you around. Amen. And... Uh, when, you, when we know how to answer things, we're of greater use to God. Yes. Now listen, everyone is of great value to God, but I want to be of great use to Him also. And to be of greater use is to come into greater knowledge and greater doing of the Word. Dr. Sumrall, when he went to the Philippines, he... Uh, heard of a little girl that had been thrown in prison. She was 17 years old. She was an orphan. And uh, she had been arrested, thrown in prison, and the devil started tormenting her there. And all kinds of things began to happen in that prison because of that demon that was working through her. And they gave out a call over the radio there in the Philippines, and they said, if anyone can help us, please come and see the mayor. So Dr. Summerall, as he was listening to that broadcast, God spoke to him and says, I want you to go minister to that girl, and I want you to set her free. And Dr. Summerall had only been there a few months. And of course, there were churches that were established there, denominational churches, and that had been there for a long time. And he thought it more appropriate that someone who was established go deal with this situation. And so God said to him, I want you to go minister to that girl and set her free. And he said to him, he said, uh, Dr. Summerall said to God, he said, get somebody else. And he meant get one of these that have been here and have a history in the community because he was new. And God said back to him, he says, I don't have anyone else. Now notice, he wasn't saying that there weren't people saved. He didn't, know, he didn't have anyone else who knew how to answer the demons working through that girl. When you know how to answer things, you become of great use. Not just in your life, but to help others who don't know what God's taught you. You not only have to learn how to talk to God, you have to learn how to talk to the devil. You talk to God in fellowship. But you talk to the devil in authority. That's right. That's right. You don't fellowship and have conversations with him. The length of Jesus' conversation with the devil when he was on the earth was this. Shut up and come out. That's what he said. Right. When people were bound by the devil, shut up and come out. Come he knew how to talk to the devil. That's how you talk to him. You talk to him in authority. And uh, many times people sit back and wait for God to do something about the difficulties in their life. But when you find out how to answer it, you don't sit back and wait. You realize you're authorized. Amen. Amen. And God will not do for us what he's already authorized us to do. And this is why many people just sit and wait for something to change. But when you learn how to answer it, things change when you say something. Amen. Why do we say something? Because we know something. So you have to know something. You have to know the right thing so you say the right thing. So that book is out there. And then we have this one on, on healing, daily healing bread from God's table. I believe we have in Spanish. We have several books in Spanish. I don't know if they're back there at the book table, but you can 
get hold of any book off of our website and uh, there'll be a blessing to you. You need to get them because it will accelerate you in your spiritual growth. I said it will accelerate you in your spiritual growth. Let's just worship the Lord a moment. Father, we thank you for the greatness of your plan. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. You're such a wonderful healer. There's somebody's throat being healed right now. You've had ongoing condition with your throat. That's being healed right now. Somebody right at the top, right at the, well, really right, right in here, at the base of the neck, right around the top of the shoulder area, around that height, right in your spine, there's been some kind of damage or difficulty with a vertebrae right around in there. That's being healed right now. Amen. Now, to receive it, you have to respond. You, with words, with your heart, because God won't do anything uninvited. And even though he wants to heal, if people don't respond to that, then they can go without receiving what he intended that they have. Um, years ago, I was leading our, um, a prayer service at our church, and I'd been teaching on prayer, and then I sat down on the, on the platform. There was a chair on the platform, and I sat down, and we were just praying. And while I was sitting there, Jesus came walking up one of the center aisles and came over and stood by me and just stood there. And I was waiting for him to say something. And for several minutes, he stood there and didn't say a thing. And it dawned on me, Nancy, you didn't respond. He will not move uninvited. And I said, and you say, well, how did you respond? I said, Jesus, I recognize you're here and I know that you have something to say. I'm ready to receive that. And then he gave me direction for the future. But you see, if I hadn't responded, he'd have turned around and walked out. Why? Jesus didn't like the devil. He doesn't force himself. That's right. That is right. The devil will speak uninvited. The devil will dominate. He will intrude. But God won't. So when there's healing power and something that is pertaining to you, respond. Amen. Because although power is here, it has to be responded to to do a work. Amen. So Jesus, we receive. Just say it with your mouth. I receive. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Somebody, uh, if, if someone were to look at you, they would see, and we won't do it right now, but to describe it, if someone were to look at you, they would see your shoulders are different levels. That has something to do with your back. That when something is out of line, there's a tilt in the wrong direction. And so that's being healed right now. Amen. Praise, respond to that. And you say, well, I just respond quietly in my heart. Well, the only thing is, uh, faith has to come out of your heart. And the only way it can come out is through your mouth or through your actions. So, uh, amen. So, uh, the Bible says, you know, the, the word talks about that out of the abundance of the heart. People say, I'm just loving the Lord and I'm just quietly in my heart. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can have a measure of fellowship, but the word says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So notice when the heart is full, the mouth gets involved. Amen. And so it's appropriate to say, just to your, you don't have to out preach me, but, but at least say words. God hastens to his word to perform it. He doesn't, just ha- he doesn't hasten to thoughts. He doesn't hasten to feelings. He hastens to his word to perform it. So we, it's our privilege to say words that he can perform. So when we say, I receive it, just, I receive it, then we give him something to perform. 
Amen. We thank you, Father. So in that, hips are being aligned. God's done a work over on hips, on backs and spines and anything connected with that this morning. We receive that, Father. We thank you for that. Uh, there's something in the there's something in the lower area. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but in this area, there's uh, something that needs to be adjusted with something internal. Uh, an organ is not where it should be, whether it's the kidneys or something, the bladder, whatever. Something is not as it should be, and that is being healed and put back in place right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. I don't know what this is. It's something, if you were to go right and touch right under your rib cage, right in here, there's something that's off here in this region. I don't know if it's something with the muscle. I don't know if it's something, even an internal organ in this area, but there's something in this area the power of God is working right now. So just receive it, respond to it, and go, well, Pastor Nancy, I don't know if you mean me. I, I don't know if that's, if it even got anywhere near something I needed, I'd jump on it. I, you know, I'd just take it. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, somebody's heel, the bottom of their foot, in the heel area, there's, there's healing power working in that foot. Praise the Lord. Just receive it. Just receive it. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Someone that you're, if I could say this, your knees are compromised. Whether it's, the, the joint is disintegrating. Something is not working right. Why don't we just stand to our feet? Let's stand up to our feet. Because I want to give you the opportunity to move that which was not as it should have been. That's one thing about faith is it's an act. And when we receive healing power, we respond with that. We're not checking to see if it works. We're giving action. So if you've had knee problems, and it seems to me you've even been on the road uh, progressing toward needing knee replacements, just move those around. Just do what you could not do. Amen. We're not checking to see if it worked. We're giving action to that anointing. What is it? We're responding. We're responding. We're responding. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. Right in the waist area, right around here, there's something that needs God's power in this area. Almost like a circular type uh, thing. It's not an up and down. It's something needed in a circular pattern right in that area. If that's you, respond to it. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Yeah, just move around right where you're at. Do s check those shoulders. Check that. Cause, give movement to that anointing. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. That heal that, that's being healed. Uh, there's also somebody with the arches of your feet that are being healed. Something with the arches. Receive that healing power. Sometimes it's fallen arches. Sometimes there's certain damage. 
Uh, but just receive that. Amen. Now, somebody, there's something going on that needs it down the back of your lower leg, down the calf area. It's just pow the power of God's going down that region. Whether it's muscular or ligament, whatever. There's something in that region that has not been right. Give action to that anointing. Amen. Do something you couldn't do. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody, there's a hip that is being, it's almost as though your hip comes out of place. Uh... You have to go to the, if, if I could say this, if you went to a chiropractor and had it put back in, it'd come back out. Something is out of, it doesn't stay as it should. That's being healed right now. Amen. Give action to that. Do something to give action to that. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We magnify you. We thank you, Father. Now there's someone else with your throat. Respond to that power. There's, respond to that because he wants to do a work, but he has to have your permission. Faith is you giving him permission. I said faith is you giving him permission. What are you doing right now, love? Are you going to school? What are you doing? I'm just working. You're working. Where, where do you work? How old are you now? You're 20. There is an impartation for you. Just give me your hands. Father, I thank you for the fullness of the plan. I thank an unfolding. An unfolding to him. An unfolding to him of the... Uh, the steps ahead to make. We thank you for that, Father. We give you glory and honor and thanks for that, Father. How accuracy of steps. Accuracy of steps. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. Give action to those parts that I've called out. Give action. Let that anointing work. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you. Bend Somebody needs to do this. You need to bend over. Do it. Bend over fully. And as you act, you'll realize, see, the power of God will meet that act. Yes. Amen. Why? Because acting is one way of releasing faith. Amen. Power meets faith. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 If you say, I can already tell, because sometimes God begins a work. But sometimes you can already tell something is happening. If you can say, I can tell something has changed, something's happening, raise your hand. Let, respond to that. Let me see. Raise your hand. It, raise it real high and keep it up. If you say, I can tell something, and keep it up for me. Keep it up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't Jesus good? Aren't you glad you came here instead of went shopping? Hallelujah. Nothing wrong with going shopping, but when there's power that's available, you don't want to neglect it. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you. 
You are so good to us. Thank you for paying the price. We glorify and honor you. Praise the Lord. Well, you can be seated if you would. Hallelujah. Um, I, this is my first trip out preaching since the middle of December. That's unheard of for me. It's not the first time preaching, but my first time out. We, uh, we are, um, we're on, we're on different, we're, we're on uh, TV in Russia. You've heard probably that, about that. We've been on that since I think 2018, so about uh, in our fourth year now of that. And there's 196 countries in the world. We're in 186 of them. One of them is the Ukraine. One of them is Russia. And so we are in those regions and we're hearing from those people. We have partners. And some are saying, uh, you know, that they, uh, because of the word that they've been hearing, they said we're, we're fearless in the face of what, in, in what they're facing. Amen. And we pray for our partners and we pray for all believers in those regions as well as those nations. Amen. And thank God for the word that God, and of course the word's been going, but we're just appreciative that God put us in there starting in 2018 to preach this word of faith because it takes faith to move with God. It takes faith. And uh, we're on some other networks, but Brother Copeland has invited us on. And in January, we started a weekly broadcast on the Victory Channel, which is Brother Copeland's. And, uh, and then in July, we go on daily. So uh, during February and March, we were, we were filming for daily because I said, I want to get six months ahead on daily. You can imagine how much filming has to take place. So we've, in uh, five weeks' time, we filmed... 100 episodes and uh, and so um, we've got those done so I although I haven't left home I've been preaching and it's not just preaching 100 episodes pastor it's writing 100 sermons so it's uh, there's a and we are absolutely loving 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 it so it's it's kind of nice to be out and see the sun and the air and the here in Porterville. Thank yes. you for having it. And thank you for having us. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that starts in July. And so uh, we're getting a jump start on it. My, because we film like we'll film Monday through Thursday. And we do five episodes every Monday on the month. Yeah, every day for four days out of the week. So we just in a week we film 20. And uh, so it's great. We are having the time of our lives. Uh, Pastor Terry um, Pearsons, who is Brother Copeland's daughter, that they pastor Eagle Mountain Church. And she said, Nancy, she, because I was, I was just having a weekly, I just had a weekly program. And Brother Copeland said, does she have a daily? I'd like her on daily. Well, when the man of God says something, yes, you pay right. attention. Right. And God had dealt, it had come into my heart about a month before about going on daily television. I said, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. And uh, then he asked us to. And with Kenneth Copeland um, on his channel, he pays for the airtime. No one on his channel pays buys the airtime. Now, we, ha we pay for all the production costs, which is far more than the airtime. But at least that is covered. Uh, and so for him to offer us free airtime every day, you don't say, oh, no, I'll take it weekly. That's like, mm -mm, no, no, that's not right thinking. And so, um, 
So we've been doing that, and uh, Pastor Terry said, she said, Nancy, the thing about daily television is it's so daily. And I said, Pastor Terry, have you tried traveling? (laughs) Because traveling, you can travel. And I'll go to two, maybe average of two churches in a week when I travel. And, you know, you'll, you'll average anywhere from you know, four to maybe 600 people in that week as opposed to 36 million. So I said, I I don't feel too put out by having to film daily. Plus, girls, it's the packing. It's the unpacking. I don't, I'm sure guys, you know, but us girls, I mean, we we can, well, let me just say we get real blessed and we carry all our blessings with us. Don't want to leave the blessings at home. Yeah. <laughs> Not when they go with us. So, Amen. Turn with me this morning to Romans chapter 10. Um, what came in my heart for today is about your building. Your building. You believing for your building? You got your faith on your building? Now let me ask you this. Does that mean your faith is on it? Or are you just kind of glad about it? It takes more than gladness. It takes the exercise of faith. And so we're going to talk to you about, and I'm going to use the subject of healing to demonstrate to you how the flow works. That I'm going to address, but really listen to this with your building in mind. Amen. Uh, Romans 10 and verse 17 Romans 10, verse 17, we should be acquainted with this. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now, when we say the word of God, we automatically always think the Bible, which is true. That is the word of God. That is the written word. And the written word is God speaking to us. Never treat your your Bible like a book only. It is God speaking to me. It's God speaking to you. So when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we could put it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what God is saying to you. Because the word is what he's saying to us. Isn't that right? God can speak to us in his word, but God can also speak to us by his spirit. The word is God speaking general instructions to all of his children. But there are specific things you need to hear from God for your life that the word does not spell out. The word tells you, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, then the word tells you, you have a right to believe for a spouse. But it doesn't tell you which one. Right? The word says he'll supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So the word tells us that anytime we have a need, whether it's a home, he'll supply it. But the word doesn't tell you which house. You see, there's general instructions that belong to all of us, but we need specifics as well. Once we get the general in place, then the specifics will come. People want the specifics and they've not yet acted on the general. So just do the written word and if God has something more to say to you, he'll say it. But he'll say it to you by the Spirit. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what God is saying to you in his word and by his Spirit. Does that make sense to you? So we could say it this way. Faith comes by hearing. 
when we need to go in when we need to advance and go further we're going to have to hear something yeah, that's, that's, right. right. that's going to help us go further that's right. because you can't advance without hearing something more yes. that's right. we are living to the level we're hearing if we need to go further than we're at, we're going to have to hear something more than we're hearing. Does that make sense to you? This is what the word says. Faith comes by hearing. That our advancement is in our hearing. Our new building is in what we're hearing. It matters that we're hearing the right thing. We were, uh, you have to protect your hearing. Because I tell you what, the devil will say things and you better answer wrong things heard so that it doesn't unsettle right hearing. It can unsettle your faith if you sit and listen to the wrong thing. When we were building our church building years ago, uh, we had bought the property. We had 22 acres. And um, Ed had it in his heart exactly the layout of the building exactly the way he wanted it to look and he would get up and declare it to the people and I tell you what naturally we couldn't afford it there was no way our congregation could fund what the vision that he was talking about but faith comes by hearing what God says faith doesn't come by calculating what people can afford And this is where many Christians cheat themselves out because they live by what they calculate and they dismiss what God says. When I, when, uh, when I have something that is in my heart, I don't start calculating. I start listening. What is God saying? Because all I need to know is what did God say about this? This is what I'm going to spend that's going to get me to the fulfillment. It's not about money. If I hear what God says, the money must come. It must come. Yes. I, I've never made money my goal. I've never said, I'm going to be this millionaire. I, I want to be a multimillionaire. My thing is, I want to fulfill the plan of God. And all the money that's needed for that must come. The plan is my goal, not the money. Not the amount is my goal. Now, don't misunderstand me. In the plan, sometimes you'll see an amount you may need. And you can call that amount. But it's only because of the plan. The plan directs your calling. Not your covetousness or you're wanting to have a good self-image so you want to have a certain amount of money flowing in so you can feel good about yourself and feel good that you're successful that's not where we our success stems from it stems from who we are in christ and what he's authored for us amen so he said faith comes by hearing so really our success is in our hearing it's not in our finances. It's not in our job. It's in our hearing. So for us to go further, we have to hear more. Because we are, in, we are experiencing what we've heard. And if we need to go further, we have to hear more. Not just pastor. All of us hearing more. Why? Because our faith will come up to our hearing. So... Uh, when we have a need, take time to hear what he's going to say to you about it. Yeah. I said, take time Amen. to hear. Get his wisdom. This is what many people do. Now, let's talk about, for a moment, let's just talk about even healing. When people need healing, they just pick up scriptures on healing and they start throwing those at their need with their confession. Yeah. They just start and saying this. I don't do that. When something shows up, I first check, 
Is God saying something to me about this? I want to throw what he says at that need. That's so good. Yes, yes. I want to hear from him. Well, Pastor Nancy, healing, he's already said healing is mine. He's already said healing belongs to us. Why can't I just throw healing scriptures at? Well, you can, but you'll be more effective if you hear from the Spirit which scripture. There are some that he'll quicken to you. And they become a living thing. When he breathes that to you, then it becomes a living thing to you. And you can spend it and it works. Instead of just throwing useless confessions that have no quickening on them. Because you just mentally grabbed something of the word. Instead of something that was connected to your heart. Does that make sense to you? So anything we receive from God comes by faith. And faith comes by hearing. So the key, their success begins with our hearing. The pastor will have to hear where. That pastor will have to hear what. You will have to hear your part. Because everyone has a part. Amen. He can, have, he can know his part, but if the others aren't hearing their part and not bringing it, his part is hindered. Why? Because we are fitly joined together. It matters how we respond to what the vision that God has given our pastor. It's not just his vision. It, God gave that vision for the people, not for the pastor. You understand that? A pastor is here for the people. He's not here for himself. The things he's teaching you, he knows. He doesn't need to teach it so he'll know it. He needs to teach it so you'll know it. The local church that God has in mind, the building is for you. It's not his building, her building, so they just need to do something. It's my building. It's your building. You have to take ownership of it in your thinking, in your hearing. Make it personal. Because what you put yourself into personally, the devil can't quickly or easily pull you out of. Amen. Amen. That's true for healing. That's true for prosperity. That's true for anything. Amen. You know this, you didn't even get saved till you heard. Why didn't we get saved earlier? Because we didn't hear. And even if somebody did tell us, we didn't listen. But once we really heard it with our heart, we received it. I was raised for 17 years in a denominational church, precious people, and I never once heard the salvation message. I never once saw an altar call. I never once heard that you needed to be born again. Never heard it. Never heard it. And you know what? It was a church full of unsaved people. They, the pastor themselves did not know the plan of salvation. Didn't tell it to anybody. My mother heard the plan of salvation for the first time. She was raised in church. When she was 50 years old, my brother had gone to Rama. He came back from Rama, and the pastor said, would you, would you teach a, a Bible class? And my brother had been in that church. You know where he started? Salvation. Because he knew we didn't hear salvation. My mother went to that class, and he was teaching on being born again, being saved. And she said to him, what are you talking about? Because at 50 years old, she had never heard it. Why? You don't partake of something from God until you hear something from God. The building is in our hearing. Because what we hear, we can add our faith to. Amen. So, um, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 10.
Acts chapter 10. And we're going to see something here. When Jesus came and preached, he preached, he taught, he primarily ministered to the Jews. Right? Why? Because it wasn't time for the Gentiles, those without a covenant, to be brought into the plan of God. Amen. And so... He told his disciples when he sent them out, they didn't go preach out to the Gentiles when he sent them out two by two, remember? Uh-huh. They went to the, the Jews yeah. and they preached. Why? Because it belonged first to them. Yeah. Yes. But once Jesus was raised from the dead, then the Gentile world received the same salvation offer. Now, in Acts chapter 10 needs to matter to you because you're sitting here today because of Acts 10. You are in this church today because of Acts 10. There was a man by the name of Cornelius. He was not a Jew, but he was a devout man. Said with his whole family. He prayed. He was devout in his prayer life. He was a giver. He was generous in his giving to God's people. He recognized that they had a covenant with God and he had a regard and a respect for their place in God's plan. And he gave many alms, many offerings to to God's people. At one point, an angel appeared to Cornelius while he's praying and says, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God see on the earth you can't see your prayers on the earth once you give you can't see the effect of that in the sense of you don't see it tangible you know it goes to bless things but in heaven our prayers and our giving takes on substance and it became a monument a memorial you ever seen the Washington monument the Lincoln monument In heaven, this is what Cornelius had. A monument came up. Why? His prayers and his acts of giving took on substance that heaven honored. That heaven noticed. And that came up before God. And God says, there is a memorial over here by a man without a covenant. I want him to be in the covenant. His prayer life and his generosity paved a way for us to be sitting where we're at today. God had to find someone of the Gentile world with hunger. Because hunger is an open door for God's entrance. How did he get hungry? He hung out with Jews. He heard about their God. And he said, I want their God. He gave toward their synagogues. He gave to fund what the Jewish nation was doing in the earth. So that's how he heard. He heard what belonged to another and said, I'm hungry for it. His hearing directed his hunger. And he responded to that hunger, to that hearing with hunger. So then this angel appears to Cornelius. And he says, send men to Joppa, to the house of Simon Tanner. There's a man there by the name of Peter. 
have him to come. He didn't even know why. He just said, have him to come. He will tell you words. He will tell you words. So Cornelius acts on the words of this angel. Sends for Peter. In the meantime, while the men travel, and as they're arriving at the house, God gives Peter a vision. He sees three times the same vision. He sees a great sheet lowered, and it's full of animals that are not to be eaten by the Jewish people because they're considered unclean. And God spoke to him. Jesus spoke to him and says, rise and eat. He says, not not so, master. He said, nothing unclean has ever entered my lips. And he said, what I've cleansed, don't you call unclean. What was he? He had to hear something to change and to go further into what God had. God was bringing that covenant into the Gentile world. A world without a covenant. And somebody had to hear. Somebody had. Cornelius had to hear. Peter had to hear. And they had to agree and act on what they heard. But what if they just acted on what they already knew? Peter would have never come preach to the Gentiles. And Cornelius would have never presumed that he could be a covenant man. Because what they knew was the Jew was the only one with the covenant. But they heard something more so God could take them into further of his plan. Why are we not further? We need to hear more. We need to hear more. And what we hear, we need to believe. What we believe, we need to embrace and act on. Amen. So do you understand what I'm talking about? Our advancement is in our hearing. Our healing is in, it begins with our hearing. It doesn't just stay with our hearing, but if we don't hear, nothing else works. We have to hear what he's saying. Not just hear what we've always known. Let's hear more of what he's saying. Because there's always greater revelation to unfold about what we already know. We know about healing, but I tell you, there's more revelations to unfold about that truth. We know about prosperity, but there's greater revelations to unfold. So to go beyond where we're at, we have to hear more than we've heard. Your building is in your hearing. Your part of what you're to bring to that building is in your hearing. When you hear, you don't get easily swayed off of what God has for you. Amen. So Acts chapter 10, verse 33. Peter shows up at Cornelius' house. And uh, he says this. He told him, there was an angel that appeared. I don't know what you're to say to me, but the angel told me to send for you. Peter did not even know why he was sent for. He did not know until he got there and heard Cornelius. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 33, Cornelius is telling Peter that after he acted on what the angel said and sent him. He said, Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee. And thou hast done well that thou art come. Now listen to those words. You would think, oh, it's just a nice cordial. No, 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 no. You've done well that you've come. Why? Because Cornelius knows Jews don't hang out with Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, I recognize that you took a step that is unlawful for a Jew to come and see this man that didn't have a covenant. He said, you have done well that you have come because he knows that doesn't happen so he says thou hast thou hast well done that thou art come he's honoring him for the 
Peter is putting himself at risk with the head church. You understand. He's putting himself at risk with headquarters. There in Jerusalem. That church. He says, now therefore. This is Cornelius saying, this is why I sent for you. Now therefore are we all here present before God. Look at this. To hear. He gathered his family. He gathered his friends. The Bible says the house was full. Why? Because he called people who were hungry to hear. We are all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Now listen, they're not here to hear all things. They're here to hear all things commanded. In one service, God will command one thing. In another service, he'll command another thing. Every service cannot hold all. Every service should hold what is commanded for that service. So you can't come to one service and get it all and think that you're going to thrive. You have to come to hear what's commanded in every service because every visit with God has its own command attached to it. He said, so we have, he said, so we have, we are all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. In other words, we want to hear what God has to say, not just what Peter has to say. Because Cornelius was hungry, God could bring him into more. He could lead him into the next thing he had for him. This is God's way. We hear. And then what we hear delivers the faith to us that we need to go to the next thing. If we don't hear, we don't have delivered to us the faith that we need to go further. And then when we we hear, we receive the faith that we need, that faith still has to be released. That faith still has to be acted on. We still have to be doers of what we hear. Amen. Turn with me. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God's way is we hear, faith comes, we release that faith as doers of the word. We have to take all those steps. Okay? Luke 5 verse 15, the King James says this. But so much the more there, there went there a fame abroad of him, speaking of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look at this. And great multitudes came. Yeah. What did they come to do? They came to hear. Yeah. And to be healed by him of their infirmities. It didn't say they came to be healed. It said they came to hear and be healed. Their healing was in their hearing. Your building is in your hearing. Your promotion is in your hearing. Your prosperity is in your hearing. That's why we don't take lightly the opportunity to come to church because I need to hear. Because there is no advancement without the hearing. Amen. Amen. The basic translation of that verse says, They came to give hearing to his words and to be made well from their disease. Notice they came to give hearing. People can come and have their body here and they're not paying a lick of attention. That can happen in any service. And if we're not careful, if the devil can't stop us from being part of our church, he can keep us distracted from hearing while we're sitting in the building. Learn to discipline yourself. Ignore what's going on. Ignore things that 
of your own mind. I've got to do this. I've got to do that after church. Learn the discipline because the lack of discipline robs us of hearing. Think of the discipline that Dad Hagen operated under. Think of this. On this one that he tells, he talks about how he was holding a, a tent meeting. And he said there was a storm that day in West Texas. And he said uh, it, people could not even get out to get around. It was muddy. You know, there were, they, they had it out in more of a country region. And the roads were not all paved. And so he said the crowd was small. There were about 40 people that night. And he said, usually we preach an evangelistic type service. But he said, all these people are saved. So he says, I just called up for a prayer meeting. And he said, and there was rain everywhere. And he said, I was just trying to find a dry spot mm-hmm. so that I could kneel and pray. So they're all praying under that tent. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice. And he says, come up hither. Come up to the throne of God. No, I, I, I take that back. He said, I heard a voice say, come up. Come up hither. He heard it. Mm-hmm. He thought that somebody was just playing tricks on him. You know, he didn't even look. He didn't open his eyes. He said, when I pray, I don't let anything interrupt me. What is this? Discipline. Why? Because lack of discipline will interrupt hearing. He won't even, he won't even open his eyes to look. He said, he hears it again. Come up. Come up hither. And he said, I'm thinking the pastor will handle that. That's not my job to handle it. I'm not even going to address it. Because it is the pastor's job when something gets out of order in that setting. The guest minister shouldn't have to handle it. The pastor handles those things, right? That's etiquette in the local church. So he's thinking the pastor's going to handle it. He thought that there were these, you know, these kids playing tricks on the people praying. They're mocking them and they're saying this stuff, you know. And he said there was a hill there. That the, it was, that tent was by a hill. And he thought they were just on that hillside saying that. But he didn't even open his eyes to look. The third time. He heard the words, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. Now he opened his eyes. And when he did, when he responded, see it was said twice, he heard it, but he didn't respond. The third time he heard it and responded, then he left his body and went up to heaven and Jesus put a healing anointing in his hand. But that's what I'm trying to say, the discipline. Not being distracted. But then when he knew, he had to respond. So it says they came to give hearing to his words. If the devil can't keep you out of the building, he tries to keep the words out of you. And if he can't keep you from hearing the words, then he tries to rob you from being a doer because the moment you do the word, you, ho- you put your hand on that thing. You put your hand of faith on it. But if we fail to be doers, it's open for the devil to steal. And that's why the devil's so still. He'll steal, kill, and destroy. The first thing he's after is steal what you heard. The way you keep him from stealing it is do it. That's the only way to keep the word you heard from being stolen is by doing it. It's the only way. The Berkeley translation of Luke 5.15 says they came to listen and to be healed of their disease. When people think they know, I don't care what they hear, they don't listen. We have to be teachable. We have to be hungry yes. to be taught. Yes. Don't, we don't sit here ever in a service and think, I know that. you got nothing to show me. Uh-huh. Somebody who thinks that way hadn't, hurt, hadn't suffered too much yet. Yeah. 
You start suffering, you'll start listening. But I don't want to suffer before I listen. I want to I want to listen because he's right. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, let me tell you something. Let me give you a, a, a deep revelation. God's always right. Always. Always. We ain't, but he is. Means this, we listen. Amen. So this verse doesn't say that the people, as I said, it doesn't say they came to be healed. They came to hear and be healed. Something happened before they were healed. What was it? What happened before they were healed? They heard. What happened before they got the building? They heard. What happened before they prospered? They heard. The more the hearing, the more the receiving. The less the hearing, the less the receiving. We measure how much we receive based on how much we listen. That's true in, in school for the unsaved. The kid who listens more, they do better in class. The kids who don't listen more, it shows up. When does it show up? Test time. Life is going to give you a test time and it's going to show up your hearing. It will reveal your hearing. It doesn't, it doesn't reveal your attendance in church. It reveals your hearing. Amen. Hearing positioned them to receive. Their hearing preceded their, he- their healing. Their healing was connected to their hearing. It's a connection. Anything we need from God is connected to our hearing. When a need arises, increase your hearing pertaining to that need. God's side is to meet the need. Our side is to hear, to believe, to respond, to be a doer. His side is to do it. Some are occupied with their need when they need to be occupied with hearing. You'll never arrive at your need being met being occupied with your need. Because your need is not your answer. You have to be occupied with the answer. And the answer is in our hearing. Some are interested in receiving. But they're not interested in hearing. They won't receive. Because God's order is you hear. You you receive. I saw this especially so much prevalent in my husband's ministry. He would do week-long meetings. And uh, he would say, Friday night I'm going to lay hands on the sick. And invariably, that was the largest crowd. And he would say, but come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Not just Friday. But the biggest crowd came Friday. Why? Because they're only interested in receiving. They weren't interested in hearing on Monday. They weren't interested in hearing what the preacher said Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And most of them are going to walk out unhealed unless mercy intervened. Why? Because the healing's in the hearing. We control our hearing. We think God controls our healing, but we control our hearing. And our hearing controls our healing. God doesn't control the healing. Our hearing controls the healing. Well, praise the Lord. Many say to the pastor, I want you to pray for my need when they really should say, teach me, pastor. Teach me. I need more hearing. Amen. We don't control what comes against us, but we do control our hearing. 
So we control how what comes against us affects us. God said to me in 2011, all I want you doing is practicing peace. I know he didn't mean don't do it. He wasn't saying don't do anything else. He was saying emphasize, practicing peace. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, what, how do you practice peace? Any thought that didn't lead me to peace, I cast it down. Any thought that didn't bring me joy, I cast it down. Anything that tried to trouble me, I rejected it. I paid attention to my thought life. I paid attention to every thought. What am I thinking about when I'm driving down the road in the car? What am I, what am I talking about over the dinner table? I paid attention. If something wasn't going to lead me to peace, I wouldn't have any part of it. Amen. And I've started practicing. That it takes practice to pay attention to your thought life. Sure, sure, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, takes, it takes practice. It takes practice to reject casting down something that tries to trouble you or make you afraid. It takes practice. But I was so glad that I listened to what the Spirit said. Because within two years after practicing, then my husband went home to be with the Lord. And I was already practiced at staying in peace. I didn't get into grief. I didn't get into sorrow. I didn't get into depression. Because I listened and did what I heard. Now you can hear what he says and not do it. And it's as though you didn't hear it. It won't benefit you. Your hearing won't benefit you. But when the Bible talks about hearing, it's always coupled with this idea of doing. A hearer should be a doer. The Bible says it's not the hearer that's blessed, it's the doer. So don't have a hearing independent from doing. They should be the same action to you. Once I hear, I do. Once I hear, I do. Once I hear, I do. Amen. Um, So many people are waiting for God to move and he's waiting for us to hear. People say, hurry up and heal me. Well, hurry up and hear. Hurry up and give us a building. Well, hurry up and hear. Yes. Yes. Hurry up and give me a pay increase. Then hurry up and hear. We're in control of our hearing. And we're thinking God's in control of everything. We are in control of our hearing. And He meets our faith. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our help is as simple as our hearing. Do you know your miracles in your hearing? Your healings in your hearing? Your prosperities in your hearing? It's in your hearing. People who hear that Jesus is a healer, they're in line for healing. Yes. People who don't hear it can't 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 receive it. Right. It's why it matters what life what church you go to. It's a matter of life and death. If you go to a church that doesn't teach you that Jesus is a healer, no one will be healed there. In the denominational church I was raised in, I never saw anyone saved. I'm not saying they weren't saved. I'm saying I never saw. And I, and I certainly wasn't one of them. I didn't get saved there. I never saw anyone healed. Why? We didn't hear him about he, We didn't hear him as healer. We didn't hear him as savior. I never heard anything about sowing a seed and receiving a harvest. Why? We never heard him as our provider. We never heard. We attended and never heard. What a sad thing to go to a place where you don't hear the right thing. That's like sending your kids to school and they're teaching your, your kids that 3 plus 3 is 14. Uh-huh. That doesn't work in life. When you sit in a place that's not teaching you right, your life's not going to work. Praise the Lord. Many have a, an infirmity in their life because they have an infirmity of not hearing. That's the problem. They're not hearing. 
I so appreciate that. You know, they, you hear pastors say something about the building and just kind of let it run off of you. You won't get a building that way. He says it so you'll, you're hearing what God's vision is. Well, God didn't say it to me. Yes, he did. He said it to you through your pastor. He's saying it to your pastor. God will not talk to you about the vision. He's going to talk to the pastor about the vision. And your assignment in the vision will come through the voice of the pastor. And it'll confirm what's in your heart because you're part of this church family. Amen. There was a precious woman that came. She was diagnosed with a terminal condition. She was a Christian, but she hadn't really been taught about healing. And she got word about Rama healing school, that they had healing school every day. She lived in a different state altogether. She picked up herself, and she moved to Tulsa so that she could attend healing school every day. People said, well, I would never do that. Well, you want to live or not? People pick up every day and move their families cross country for a job to make a pay increase. Yeah. What, why wouldn't you do something that extends your life? There was one woman that came to our church years ago, part of our church, and she had a condition. She didn't let me know about it until it would have been working for over 12 years in her life. And uh, it was terminal. And I said, honey, I said, I don't know why you didn't tell me about this. But I said... You know, I teach on healing periodically, but as a pastor, I address a, a, a wide range of things. I talk about family. I talk about marriage. I talk about healing. I talk about prosperity. I talk about uh, honor. I talk about all kinds of things. Right, right now, you need a targeted diet yeah. of healing yes. word. And I said, so if you want to, I will pay for you to move to Tulsa and go to healing school. She did it. But she had been in unbelief for so long, you see. And she waited too late because she was entrenched in unbelief. And she ended up dying. But what I'm saying is I recognized her help was in her hearing. I'm getting her to a place where she can hear more. So this woman, she was diagnosed with a terminal condition. She heard about Rama Healing School. She picked up and moved to Tulsa. Good for her. Good for her. And when she showed up there, she told the ministers there, she said, I decided I refuse to die prematurely because I'm ignorant. Why? She recognized her help was in something to hear. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this, My people, now listen, God says my people, not talking about sinners. He said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not because of the devil. The devil is not powerful enough to destroy you. Jesus has stripped him, defeated him, overcome him. But us not knowing what has been made ours and not caring enough to hear will totally strip everything from us. Ignorance is dangerous. Ignorance doesn't mean stupid. Ignorance means untaught. We could say it this way. Because it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We could say it this way. My people are... How does knowledge come? You hear. Somebody teaches you. That's the only way knowledge comes. Uh My people are destroyed for lack of hearing. Right. Yes. 
Why? Yes. Because that's how you get knowledge. Yes. The yes. primary way. You can get some knowledge through experience, but even then you can mislabel the experience. Right. Yeah. You can misidentify the experience of things. So if you have somebody who's been there and they're accurate yes. and they teach you, you get to bypass a lot of difficulties yeah, in life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, when you hear something, it doesn't spend always the moment you hear it. Mm-hmm. You've got to let that faith that comes with that mm-hmm. be strengthened. Yeah, what is going to help you in your faith life? You meditate. Yes. You meditate. Yes. You meditate. You've got to drive that truth into your spirit. Just something heard and expressed from the mind will not hit the target. It's got to come out of your heart. Meditating is putting it down into your heart. The only thing that you can spend in life is what you possess, right? You can't spend, you can't spend somebody else's money. It's not in your possession. Likewise, you can't spend a truth that you don't own. Meditation is how you take ownership. How that thing becomes part of you and you become part of it. That that word becomes a living thing because you've thought about it. You've talked about it. You've you've said it and preached it to yourself. When God told me that he was going to give me Sister Amy's castle, Amy Simple McPherson, you've probably heard me talk a a little bit about that. I would go. I didn't have the money for it. It wasn't even for sale. (laughs) There was nothing out here that made me think I was going to end up, but God said it. See, I can have faith when God says it. You can't have faith when you haven't heard what God says. You can't have faith for something you thought up. And even just calling it God doesn't make it God. Many times people think up something and say God said, and it doesn't spend. And they doesn't work. Why? Because you can't take the, name, the Lord's name in vain. What's that mean? Taking the, names, the Lord's name in vain is not just cussing and using colorful words and throwing His name on it. Taking the Lord's name in vain is you coming up with something and saying He said it to you. You're using His name vainly. He didn't say that. Don't accuse Him of saying what you thought up. Your success is in your hearing. Hear from Him. Not just hear from your opinion. Or hear from your desires. Hear from Him. So when I heard from Him that He was going to give me that castle, I didn't immediately go, do you know it was a year, almost a year before I even approached the person who owned it? Why? I'm taking time to build it in me. I've got to take what I heard and make it a living thing to me. Meditation turns the impossible to possible. I knew when I first heard that, that's impossible for me. But by me meditating on it, it now, in my thinking, became possible. Not in my finances, but in my thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's got to become something alive to you before God can make it part of your existence. Amen. So you know what I did? You know what part of meditation looks like? I drove my car up, parked in the lot across from the house and looked at it. I couldn't get on the property. It didn't belong to me. But I just stared at it and I talked to it and I said, God said, he's given me that house. I'm going to live in that house. I'm going to redo this. I'm going to redo that. I start planning. I start imagining. I start building it in me. That's called meditation. And then 
when he told me, he said, in January, contact the owner. And I did. The owner didn't even respond until March. The devil's saying, you're not getting that. You don't even have the money for that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's right, but it's not. I don't take my counsel from the enemy. That's right. yeah, that's right. You don't take your counsel from someone who failed. And so from January, February, March, I didn't hear a thing. And one day, the pastor calls. And he basically says this, I'll sell it to you. And I said, okay. And he said, Nancy, what, what do you think should be the price on the house? Now, if you don't think right, right. Yeah. if you don't think right, you're going to try to take advantage of someone. Sure. If it's all about you and your money, uh-huh. you're going to try to lowball them. I don't care what the price is. God said the house is mine. That's God's job. It doesn't matter if you want to charge me a million. It doesn't matter if you want to charge me five million. God said the house is mine. The money is not the issue. What did God say? That's the issue. So when he said to me, he said, Nancy, what do you think the house is worth? I said, Pastor, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Anything you ask, I'll pay. Because God said that's my house. And he was an honorable man. And so we came to an agreement of what, how we, you know, that he would come up with a, an appraiser. I would come up with an appraiser and then we'd look at it. God said to me, I'm going to work a miracle for you. Their appraiser came up with a price. And the pastor said, Nancy, he said, this has to go through three different boards. This will, they will not agree to this price. I said, Pastor... That's fine with me. I don't care if the price is above the appraisal. It does not matter to me. God said that's my house. The appraisal means nothing to me. What God said is what I hold to. I don't care what the appraisal is. I don't care if you ask five times more than what the house is worth. God said the house is mine. That's all I'm concerned about is what God said. Money is just a tool. I don't let money counsel me. I don't let price lead me. I'm led of the Spirit. Now see, many people have missed the plan of God because they wouldn't pay the price. That was, they wouldn't pay the interest rate. I don't care. I'll pay interest. I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay more than something's worth as long as it fulfills what God said. I'm after the fulfillment of what God said. I'm not trying to save money. God did not put me on this earth to save money. And if you're not careful because so many people are entrenched in saving and sales... That they cheat themselves out of what God said. My husband and I, we took out a loan on our building that was high interest. 25% interest. God said it. I don't care. I didn't, neither one of us groaned over that. Because once we got the building up, we, we refinanced it. And now we got it down to a, the right interest rate. But you see, it's not about the money. If all you're going to do is think about how you can save money, you'll never fulfill what God tells you. Never fulfill it. Well, I'm being responsible. No, you aren't. You're negligent of what God said. That's it. That's it. Amen. Amen. You're welcome. (laughs) See, most people, it's all about money. They, they, everything is led by price. Everything is led by price. I'm not led by price. If God says something mine, it's mine. Price has nothing to do with it. That's God's business. Well, you paid too much. I never, let me tell you what will pay too much not doing what God said. You'll pay too much. Come on. 
It'll cost you more than you ever thought out of a wallet. It'll cost you health. It'll cost you future. It'll cost you the plan of God. So when the pastor gets up and says something, don't you choke on any, any amounts you hear. It's about the plan. It's not about the money. Well, he's wasting the money. When you put something toward the plan of God, it's never wasted. That's what the money is for, is the plan. And God told me, he said, I'm going to do a miracle for you. I didn't care what the price was, and I told the pastor. He saw that I wasn't out trying to take advantage of him. I won't hurt a brother so that I can get a better price. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to short someone else so that I can make more. I don't go into a store and try to get them to come down on their price. I'm not saying, you can do it if you want. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about, I've gone to places to, even in other countries where they had these little shops set up and this little mama, you know, and she's made things by hand and somebody is over there trying to get her to go down half price. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put somebody under so I can get better. Because it's going to injure my faith to rob another man so I can get a deal. It's not walking in love. It's not walking in love. See, money, money is nothing but a servant to me. It serves me. I don't serve it. Many of you need to change the seat. You're serving it. You're serving the money. The money needs to serve you. Yes, you're welcome. So good. But that's what I'm talking about. When I drove up in front of that house, that's, that's meditating. Every day I was home and not traveling. I went up to the house. You, you went at times with me. Then when I was traveling, I had, I had hundreds of pictures. Bless this poor woman's heart. She is the so sweetest woman. She would see me on every flight. I would take out all the pictures on my iPad. And I would say, I'm going to do this. And she said, yes, Pastor. And she was thrilled and happy for me. And I thought, bless her heart. She's got to stir, stir herself up to watch this again. But she, would, she went on the faith ride with me. That's, you've got to build what God said yes. in you. Yes. Or what God said will never be alive to you. You've got to talk it. You've got to think about it. Meditate on it. Not talk about how it can't happen. Not calculate the hardness of it. God delivered his people out of Egypt. And that first generation never arrived. Even though they heard because they never meditated. They never drove what they heard down into their heart. And they lived out of the doubt of their minds. Doubters never arrive. They die never arriving. They owned, God had already said the land is theirs. All they had to do was show up. All they had to do, and they didn't even show up. Well, Pastor, I know God has a, has a home for me. Then show up at home. Start looking. Show up. Don't sit at home and say, well, I can't afford this. Or drive by a section. I can't afford that. You've already dismissed God from getting that for you because you decided. I'm not saying overextend yourself. I'm saying follow God and don't say what you can't before he's, you've even had a chance to let him be heard. Now, there's, I always tell off a story, and I'm going to keep telling it off. On a staff member that's been with me a long time. They have never invited me to their house. They have staff parties. They have all kinds of things. And I never get an invite. Never. 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 
And I say, oh, I hear you're having a staff party. I didn't, I must have missed my invitation. <laughs> and she's so, she's sweet. She said, Pastor, you are so busy. I don't want to make you feel bad by telling me and declining. So I don't give you one because I don't want to put pressure on you to come. And I said, so you're saying this, you decided for me. I said, you're right. I probably won't come, but who authorized you to take my choice from me? When you drive by a, a section of a home, an addition say, I can't afford that. You just took God's option of even saying anything to you about a home in there from him because you wouldn't show up. You might go into a home and you say, I can't afford this. And you may have the witness, this is not your home. God will never tell you, you can't afford it. He will yeah. say, this is not your home. Yes. The words matter. Yes. Yes. He will not build, can't afford, into you. You'll never hear him say, you can't afford it. When you hear the phrase, you can't afford it, that was your mind. That was wrong thinking. That was limited thinking. But God, you may walk into a house that you, that you say, boy, this is out of my range. And God may say, this is not your house. That doesn't mean you can't keep looking. Go to something more than what you think you can afford and see what God may say. Because God will not lead you to what you can afford because then you can do it and don't need Him. He always leads you to what needs Him. Do you understand that? If you only live within your confines, then you're just going to keep living within your own means. But it, if you'll meditate, it turns the impossible possible. In your own thinking. And as a man thinks, so is he. That's what it, that's, we're all living at the level of our thinking. Every one of us are living at the level of our thinking. If we don't like our level, here's something to bring up our thinking. And meditate on what we hear and drive it into us. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is how God changed a doubting, failing nation. To get the second generation to arrive when the first generation refused. What did God do when Moses died and Joshua came into command? Joshua 1.8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What's the law? What God says. What God says shall not depart out of your mouth. I mean, you're always saying it. Don't let it leave your mouth. It's always got to be have its home in your mouth. What God says shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. Drive it in. Drive it in. Take ownership of it. Make it possible. To you in your thinking. Not that it's possible for you to fulfill. But it's possible for God to do for you. That's what you're doing. This book. This of what God says. Shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it. What? Day and night. It's a lifestyle. You'll never move into what you hear. Until you make hearing and meditation a lifestyle you can't just hear it once every three months and think you're going to arrive at God's best it's a lifestyle an intake as a lifestyle meditating all the time 
When you're in the car, take advantage to call up what has God said to you about this year. You need to make notes and have on one one location, whether it's in a device or in a notebook, have on one location everything God says to you so that you can... It won't happen because He said it. It happens because you meditate on it and get it in you and act on your side of it. Then it gets fulfilled. Prophecies are something God has said to you is not automatic fulfillment. It gives you an assignment of what to meditate on. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. We did not get through. Wait, I want to make sure because I don't want to leave anything unsaid. Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 verse 24. And I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic. Remember what God's people who were delivered out of Egypt thought about themselves when they spied the land? We were grasshoppers in our sight. So we were in the sight of the enemy. We were grasshoppers. Grasshoppers own nothing. Can't have it. You saw yourself wrong. Meditation changes how you see yourself. If you see yourself as always broke, always low income, always not having enough, always struggling, you've got to change how you see yourself and meditating on what he says is how you change how you see yourself. People with a bad self-image, all they like is meditation on who he made them to be. Amen. Amen. Yes, you're welcome. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. The Amplified Classic. Jesus said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study. What's that? Meditation. Thinking is meditating. Studying on something is meditating on that truth. The measure. See, so you can, ha- you can give a measure to what, God's hear- what you've heard God say. Be careful what you are hearing. Be, be careful what you turn over and over in your thought life. Because you're hearing that. Well, I never can have that. Well, they, they did this. They did that. I, I'll never forgive them. You better be careful what you're hearing yourself say to yourself. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you. Notice this. You measure how much power God flows in your life based on what you hear and how much attention you give it, how much meditation you give it. People are waiting for God to move and He's waiting on them to hear. People are waiting for God to move and He's waiting on them to meditate and get it driven into their heart what He already said to them. So they quit begging him for what he said he'll do and take it. It's not enough that the pastor has it in him about the building. You have to get it in you. There's more of you than of him. The majority decides in the situation where there's no unity. It's impossible. Unity of faith. Unity of hearing. Remember what Pastor said? Now, this is what I was going to say because I didn't finish this one story. Um, While Ed was in the process of building our building, right before it started, we had the 22 acres. Ed would get up and he would impart that vision all the time. You have to talk it every service. Every service, you talk it. You talk it. You talk it. Don't you get tired of hearing it. Don't you say, oh, I've heard that. No, he's trying to help you know your part through the hearing. 
pastor tell us every time tell us yeah. why because the the advancement is in the hearing yes. and uh ed would get up every service and talk about it he'd say y'all see that building out there mm-hmm. there weren't no building out there uh-huh. he was helping right. Ima- use your imagination yeah. of what god has already said there was a man that had been a minister that came to our church for a while just to attend. Him and his wife moved there. And um, he, had, um, he had taken some of our congregation members out to lunch. And he said, that building's not ever going to come up. Well, they told Ed. Ed got home. And he called this man and said, Would you like to have lunch with me today? (laughs) Oh, Dr. Dufresne, I'd love to have lunch with you. Good. (laughs) They had lunch, chit-chatted, and Ed put his finger in his face and said, You spoke to my sheep. And you told them that what I said would never come to pass. And he said, Don't you ever say another word to my sheep against what I say. You will not be the undoing of what God said. That's right. That's right. Of course, they left the church. They should. If you can't come into agreement, you need. We need to catch ourselves. Well, I don't think they ought to do that. Stop that. Opinions will uproot unity, and you only get in unified. Now, I'm going to go to Judges. I want you to see this. Judges chapter 2. And I'm, I'm, I apologize. I have kept you so long. But there's, we're, we're, we've got a work to do. We've got a work to do. As a congregation, you've got a work to do. And you're not going to float there. You have to, on purpose, be aggressive. Press. If you want to take 20 years to do it, you can. But if you want an accelerated path, you can have it. Yeah. The acceleration is based on the hearing and the doing of what you hear. Yes. Yes. Judges chapter t- 7 and verse 2. This is the Amplified Classic. Now this is when Gideon was told to go lead God's people into battle, remember? Verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon. Now see, there were... Now listen, there were 32 in his 32,000 that began in Gideon's army. God kept reducing it down to 300. And they were multiplied enemies against them. Don't look at your income. Don't look at the market, the real estate market. Don't look at the cost of things and decide. Because they had 32,000. That was way beneath the number the enemy had. And God said, you're still too many. Okay, verse 2. Judges 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, look at this. The people who are with you are too many for me. Look at that. They're too many for me. To give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel boast about themselves against me, saying, my own hand has delivered me. God delights when you know you can't do it because you lean on Him who can do it. Yes. Right. Amen. You can't take credit. He doesn't want to share credit. Right. 
You got no credit. No credit. <laughs> to make something like this come to pass. We have not. Listen, I'm, I'm in the same situation. Many, t- many other situations of ministry that I'm to do. And I don't have, I don't have, I, I don't have enough with me. But it's all in Him. Now let me re- just just they he was saying this you're going to be outnumbered but you're not outpowered. Yes. <laughs> you might look at numbers, a building, costs and all things and you might be outnumbered when you compare income of the church with cost of a building. We were we were mightily outnumbered but we weren't outpowered. There's the power of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God, the increase of God, the harvest of God. If all you're going to do is live by what you can calculate, there is no harvest button on your calculator. There's no anointing button on your calculator. There's no increase button on your calculator. You're going to have to factor out all those things to live by your calculator. And... I don't want to live factoring out the anointing, the power of God, the blessing of God. Because that's where my wealth is. It's not within what I can calculate. And I'll just read this to you. 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 7, just for time's sake. When, when King Asa, when he became king, he got rid of all the idols in the nation. In verse 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 14 verse 7 look at what he said because we have sought the Lord listen to this he said this to the people because we have sought the Lord what's he mean he's hearing what did God say why do you seek to hear they went to hear from God because we have sought the Lord our God we have sought him and he has given us rest on every side why he directed their doing that all their enemies were stilled against them because they knew what God said. Right. Listen to this. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. Look at and then the next statement says this. So they built and prospered. Amen. The building Amen. and the prosperity is in seeking, hearing from him. What does he say? Amen. Praise the Lord. There was a precious man of God, Charles Parham, Mm -hmm. who was really, if you've ever heard of Azusa Street Revival, he was before the Azusa Street Revival. In Topeka, Kansas, at midnight, 1900, he had gathered together a group of Bible school students, and right at midnight, the first little gal spoke in other tongues, and that was the taking off of the great Azusa Street outpouring because it moved from Topeka to Azusa Street. But it happened with Charles Parham. God told him. Now see, back then they didn't have the telephone and all this. When they didn't have the ease of communication we have today, they had to rely on the Holy Ghost for communication. And they had some spectacular things happen. Today our technology has dismissed us us from some spectacular things. Because we don't need... To hear the same way from God. And God intervene in certain ways. Because we have communication. But God spoke to him and said. I want you to start a Bible school. He didn't put out an ad. He didn't put out an advertisement or anything. 
but the Spirit of God began to speak to people all over the nation. And the Spirit of God would say to them, go to Topeka, Kansas, go to the Bible school. They'd just get on the train. Charles Parham would be, in, would be at home and God would say, go down to the train station and pick up students. They would be on the train. He would go to the train station and they'd walk off and he'd be there. Are you here to go to the Bible school? Yes, I am. You're at the right place. Divine communication yes. happening. The Spirit of God would direct him. This is how this Bible school came about. It was by the Spirit. It wasn't by advertising. Because they didn't have the same ease of advertisement to get the word out. So, um, God spoke to him. He was looking for a building. He didn't even have the students yet. He didn't have the funds for a building, for a Bible school. But he looked all over and he couldn't find a suitable location. Somebody gave him word and said, On the edge of town is a certain property for sale and directed him to it. He went there. If you ever go online and look for it, it's a fabulous Victorian style, fabulous mansion. Mansion. Fabulous. 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 It's burned down, but they do have pictures of it online. Um, he was standing in front. I don't know where that fly is. He was standing. He, he's gone. Uh, he was standing in front of the house looking at it. And while he was in front of it, God said, that's your, that's your school. You see, you know why people don't find what God has for them? They don't get in front of it. They sit at home and wait to hear. You've got to get out. Faith is an act. Faith is movement. Faith is not sitting in a chair at home. So he, he didn't know. God didn't say to him that you're building while he heard report about the house. He had to get there. You got to get in some locations before you know greater clarity of what God's saying about it. You got to look for buildings. You don't find buildings. You got to look for property. You don't find it. You don't just sit at home and wait for God to send it. Faith is a movement. And so he stood in front of the building. God said, I, that's the property. He said, I'm going to give you that. No, God can give things to you in many different ways. But he meant literally. He's going to give him that. While he's standing there looking at it, the first time he went to see it, a man walked up to him and says, what do you think about that house? He said, it's, it's wonderful. He didn't know who the man was. He said to him, God just told me that he's going to give me that house. The man reached into his pocket and handed him the key and said, here it is. It was the owner. Handed him the key. No business negotiations, no haggling back and forth. Just gave it to him. Why? He heard. When you hear what you hear and you believe, the quicker you believe it, the quicker he can bring it. Hurry up and hear. Hurry up and meditate. Hurry up and agree. And when you do, God will hurry up and perform his word. He hastens to his word to perform it. He'll hurry if you'll hurry. But if we're going to be slothful, negligent, careless, we can't receive the hastening. Are you blessed today? Stand with me to your feet. I said, stand with me to your feet. When I woke up, as soon as I woke up this morning, God said something to me. 
for the help of hearing. To hear the utterances of God sets our life on course, makes all the difference. It's not just in what we know, but it's how we apply what we know. So thank you for the directing. You have help for every one of us, for all those that are believing God, for homes, for businesses, for increase, for healing. I set myself in agreement that they receive all that's in their heart. We thank you for it, Father. Uh, Pastor Melina, when I woke up, if you'll just come and stand right here. When I woke up and I just wrote it, just stand right there. And what God said to me, He said, it's your responsibility to progress in the anointing on your life, in the office that He's called you to. What came to me, I was reminded of Ed's CD series called My Progression in the Anointing. Uh, I looked online to see if it was a sermon that was online. It's, I didn't see it on there. We may have the CD series. I don't know. May, it, I don't know how old it is. You might contact and see if they can get it because he talks about his progression in the anointing. And then God said to me, as we progress in the anointing, others are affected. They progress. Uh, somebody find for me on their iPad or something. First Timothy chapter four, verse thirteen. I want to read it to you. This is the Amplified. I want the Amplified of that, please. First Timothy. Verse 13. Amplified. It's a side. Okay. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said this Till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading, to exhortation. He's talking about study to exhortation, preaching, and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. This is especially what I wanted to get to. Practice and cultivate. Meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry. Listen to this. So that your progress may be evident to everyone. Look well to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and those who hear. So your advancement, others' advancement, is hinging on your advancement especially when you're a pastor sheep can't go where the shepherd doesn't lead so you have a place of responsibility to take advancement promotion and increase because that's how they increase and that's why Paul said to Timothy throw yourself wholly into it so this is what he said it's your responsibility to progress not just know that you're not you have to progress in it he said to me, in times past, God has permitted the order you've had in your life. When I say permitted, I'm reminded of Romans 12, when it says, Be not conformed, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may 
the word it says it says prove, but the word is discern. That you may discern what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. It's good or permissible. And that's what God said. You're in the permissive. But you're going to have to come up into the perfect. Because it's not just you affected. It's congregation affected. Not to say you're doing it wrong. But he said to me this morning, he said in times past, that he has permitted the order you've had. But don't stay in that permissive will. Regarding that, he has permitted you to work outside your ministry office. But that which he's permitted calls for you to come into his perfect now. You can't just stay in the permissive just where it's been and where it's convenient, where you're acquainted with, where it's comfortable. Um, he has permitted what, what, what he has permitted for you now he calls you to perfect will progress from the permissive will into the perfect will in his perfect will is the place he can protect you fully including your health uh, but to linger in the permissive will will not be safe for you or for others that are to receive from And it will take faith to step out of that comfortable place naturally. You know what I'm talking about? Where things are calculated, easy, easily calculated. But step into a flow that can't be calculated. Now listen to that phrase, stepping into something you can't calculate. As you progress in the anointing, you will also progress in your faith and that will bring you into an easier flow. That the perfect will is not harder. The permissive will, when it's lingered in, is harder. Dad Hagen talks about the time that he was awakened in the middle of the night. Ken Jr. was serving in Vietnam. And he, Dad Hagen sensed urgency and he started praying in praying he didn't realize that at the same time Ken Jr. was with other soldiers they were on motorcycles going around you probably heard this they were going around this mountain dirt roads he lost control of the motorcycle and it began he went it went out from under him he went over the side he's in mid-air going over a cliff and in mid-air that motorcycle came back uh, on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the road and landed on the safe side of the road and those soldiers saw that motorcycle and Ken Jr. change directions in midair from going over a cliff to going back that way so that's what brother Hagen was praying about those soldiers said to Ken Jr. said boy this is your lucky day he said no someone my dad has prayed for me he recognized the intervention of God when Dad Hagen heard the outcome of that, of his prayers that night, God said to him, if you had not obeyed me in your office and in your call, I could not have intervened and rescued your son. So his obedience affected the outcome of his children. But, it, but Paul was telling Timothy, it's going to affect the outcome of people who hear you. Right? So, he said 
to him, I couldn't have intervened. See, God wants to intervene. But what we do either opens the door or closes the door for God to do that. So being in God's perfect will meant protection, not just for him, but for his family and for those that receive from him. Can you imagine how our ministries would be affected if Dad Hagen hadn't obeyed, right? And it's not, God, God said he's permitted you. He's permitted you to be there. But that permission is changing. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that where there is your leading, there is also complete provision for everything. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, always keep it in your mouth. Everything God has for me to do is light and easy. Everything. And when it looks like there comes pressure, it's not yours. You send that pressure onto the Word. You refuse to think of anything as hard, as a struggle as a difficulty it's light and easy Jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light where things get hard is when we don't keep pace and it can be a hindrance to more than one thing amen father we thank you we thank you father now we thank you for clarity direction on the building on the building all they need all they need all they need all they need now raise up your hands as a congregation father i thank you 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 just receive it father i thank you for your grace your empowerment be blessed in jesus name to bring your part be obedient to bring your part be hearing to bring your part and run the race hallelujah hallelujah now many times people think that, well, God will do it when He, in His own good time. He'll do things in His own good time. You know when the good time is? When we're ready to move with Him. <laughs> so as we accelerate, then He can accelerate us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thrilled yes. that what is ahead? I tell you what, can I say this? There's very few seasons in the life of a congregation where they get to face what you're facing. And there's very few who are willing to face it. They don't want to be a part of stretching. But you get to do that. And I tell you what, anytime you stretch towards God's plan, your life gets, your life gets brought up to a higher flow because you hooked on with the flow for his body it's your promotion place when we hook on to what he's promoting amen be interested in not just your life but be interested in the building what does that building represents healed bodies that bodies will be healed there his that building represents people 
knowing Jesus. People's eternity changing. See, we have to think of the big picture, not just what's right in front of us for today of what we're facing of our own life. Marriages put back together. Children finding their place in this life. And not just out on the street, just living like everybody else. But they live with God's plan. That building is not just about a location. See, really, God gives us buildings for people. They're for people and His plan to be made known to the people. And if, all, if we're not careful, all we think about it's a building. Thank God for this building that you can come together and hear. But God turns all of His people into owners if they'll go with Him. Those Hebrew slaves were enriching another man, the Pharaoh, and his kingdom. And God said, I make my people rich. They're not just here to make another man wealthy. I'll bless them. They can have their own. Amen. And God wants you to have your own. And we don't despise any part of the journey. We, we embrace every bit of it. We don't grumble at any part of it because at least we still are together. Do you know the Ukrainian people would love to be here? They would love to have a setting today where they could be. Do you know there's been a great revival in, you, in the Ukraine? They are so accepting of the word over there. And it's been for decades now God's been flooding that country with the word. There are churches and missionaries raised up all over that place. There is a, there is a great, great part of the body in the Ukraine. But how they would love this morning to be able to gather together and maybe they can't. See, we need, to, we need to see the big picture. What an honor that we... Let's not face something being lost before we start appreciating what we have. And valuing that God is inviting us to the next thing for this church family. Amen. Pastor, thank you.